I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Hi. Hi. Hey, uh, Abdul Nader turned 26 today. Happy birthday. <laughs> 20. That number floored me a little bit. What, what were you thinking? 24, maybe? I guess I've never really thought about his age, I guess. I just have thought about him. Oh, like he's, what is he, a second year player? That's interesting. No, I mean, he's, it scares me a little bit that we saw part of Abdul Nader's prime last year. Well, didn't, he played on the uh, Iowa State team, right? He did. Yeah, he was on the same team that um, Burton was on and uh, Monty Morris is on. Yeah. Although Monty, Mor- Monty Morris is younger, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I think all these guys are old now, I guess. Weird. So that whole Iowa State team, they just they like took four years off and then all went to college at the same time. <laughs> yeah. uh, Niang from uh, Utah was on that team too. Yeah, I feel like he's old too. Yeah, Monty Morris is twenty four, which is a little bit older than I thought. I yeah, guess. it's a little old. Yeah, huh. man. My one year old son loves to come in the room when we're specifically when you and I are recording. He just walked in right <laughs> now, just bust the doors open. I've got these two doors. Coming into my office, and he's uh, he's just busting them open. He just wants to he wants to chill out. Um, okay, the other bit of news, which we discussed a little bit yesterday on the podcast, but I wanted to talk to Alex about it too, uh, is that Miami's been brought up again as a Chris Paul destination, uh, and it's I don't know if they'll end up making a trade with Miami. So I mentioned on the Dream Team podcast yesterday that we thought that. Mello was a good candidate to be traded to Miami. We thought that Russell was going to be traded to Miami. And now we think that Chris Paul is going to be traded to Miami, which tells me there's no way that Miami is trading for any of Oklahoma City's players. Yeah, well, it's so interesting to me, this uh, hypothetical trade, how different the opinions on it are. So, like, did you listen to the low post yesterday with Kevin Arnovitz? I just got to that part this morning. So I so listened I was, to it. I was kind of blown away in that their framing of that trade was like, what is OKC going to get back? Mm-hmm. Which has not been what we've heard from Miami's side. So like Anthony Chang, he writes for the Miami Herald. He said, unless one or maybe both of these things happen, it's hard to imagine the Heat trading for the final three years and $124 million of Paul's contract. First, Miami would almost assuredly need at least one first-round pick back, maybe two. It could be as simple as the Thunder returning the Heat's 2021 and 2023 first-round picks. And two, Paul's $44 million player option for the 2021-22 season would need to be addressed. So, like, that's what the Miami side is thinking. That's what all the information that Miami fans are getting. And then, meanwhile, I don't feel like Thunder fans... Uh, I'll just say I was surprised to hear Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz frame it that way. Yeah. Be- because they were talking about, you know, worst case scenario in their minds was like maybe Kelly Olynyk's like the only like piece you get back. Mm-hmm. Which in my mind, if you can just do an even swap, the Thunder won because they already made their money on the Westbrook and Paul George trades. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, the the asset for Oklahoma City is just getting off that long term money and giving the reins to SGA. So I'm just – I don't – it seems like the two sides are so far apart, but it was interesting to hear national media uh, put it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you have to remember that the Heat are getting back the better player and the player that's going to help them. And right. the, the Thunder, if they hope for a neutral at best trade, there's no rush whatsoever. And in fact, I think there's rush from Miami's side because – the more and more you read just about season preview and that kind of stuff, like there's a really good chance Chris Paul's going to get off to a really hot start. Mm-hmm. And even hotter than he might have gotten in like Houston because he, he's going to be leading this offense. I saw someone yesterday, I forgot who it was, 
was saying like Stephen Adams is probably the best screen setter he's ever played with. Yeah, that's probably and, true. And it could really open his game even like for this current form of CP3. You know, mm-hmm. he's not as as athletic as he was when he was in his younger days, but maybe Chris or maybe Stephen Adams is like the perfect component for his older man game. And so if he just starts the season and is playing at a near all-star level, I, I feel like Miami, they've really lost something there because they probably do have a little bit of leverage now or they might feel like they do. But I feel like that leverage could disappear. Obviously, they feel like they do reading what I just read from the Miami Herald. Mm-hmm. But that, that could change significantly once the season starts. So I thought it was interesting that even in the Shams report, he was saying, you know, Miami is just going to wait and see how the early season plays out. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that means talking about them, but I, I wonder if they're considering the potential value of CP3 going up. Yeah, I think that's I think that could be the case. And they have the Goran Dragic $19.2 million expiring, uh, which they'll need to deal at some point this year. And so I think it it's an interesting play for them because if you, you can trade Dragic, Olenek, and Waiters back to OKC. I mean, at this point, I just wouldn't be super surprised if the Thunder got back an additional asset in return. I don't think they're getting Tyler Hero or Bam or anything like that. I mean, those those just have to be off the table. Um, but maybe they could throw in like a KZ Apollo, who I don't love, but is like an interesting prospect. Uh, they could throw in like a v- way in the future first round pick where you could convince Pat Riley, like, hey, Pat, you're probably not going to be here anyways. Like, who cares? Um, so... I think it's interesting. And then for the Heat, like you have Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Justice Winslow, James Johnson. Uh, you got Hero and Bam. You got Derek Jones Jr. You've got like a pretty interesting team in the Eastern Conference because it doesn't take a lot to be an interesting team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and so I, th- I think that this, I think it makes some sense. And then for the Thunder, you break up Paul's contract. Olenek will have some value to somebody. Like I think that you could trade Olenek even just to get like a decent second round pick back. Like and he, and he only has two years. He and Waiters have two years left. Gorn has one, and like you can you can deal with that. And plus you get Dion back. So I mean it's just like a win win for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> win win win. <laughs> I was looking at Miami's early schedule just to see like is there any chance they could just get off to a slow start? Yeah, and kind of force this trade, but. It's a pretty. <laughs> I mean, they're I mean, in the East. Yeah, like in their first ten games, I think they play Atlanta three times, which Atlanta's not bad. Yeah, but just compared to like what the Thunder are going to have to do, mm-hmm. you know, they get Charlotte. They do have to play the Rockets twice in their first ten games, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, they play the Bucks, which is tough. They play mm-hmm. the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? I mean, they, there's looking at the schedule, they could start off like five and five. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be shocking. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's enough to force them to want to make a change quickly. I'll, although, no, they're, I guess they're one of the few teams that doesn't really have to wait to December 15th if they really wanted to do this trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That they don't have to. Um, so it's, I think it's an interesting option. I just very much doubt the Thunder can get something done with Miami just because something hasn't happened yet. And it felt like the Westbrook thing felt inevitable, right? Yeah. And the Mellow thing, like, that seemed right. Like, the Thunder could have gotten back, like, players that would have really helped them in the immediate. You know, they could have probably gotten a James Johnson back who would have been really helpful to that Thunder team. Uh, And maybe even a Goran Dragic. Like, okay, like, that's great. That's enough. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. But Miami is, now that they have Jimmy Butler, the situation's a little bit different. Where I'm sure Jimmy's putting pressure on them to go get somebody else. Because you look at the roster now, and it's like, who's really the second best player on, the, on this Heat team? Like, is it? Yeah, it's probably Winslow or Bam. I know. It's like, okay, like that's... You're not going very far with that. 
mean, you can make the second round with Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler if they're healthy. Like, yeah. Jimmy was really good. Really, really good for the Sixers in the playoffs. And Chris Paul is a really good player. And his health is is a huge question mark, sure. Like, if, if he's hurt in the playoffs, like, you're screwed. But it's a chance to make a run. So I think that's where the, the Thunder could put pressure on the Heat and say, like, hey, like we know that you have this expiring Gordon Dragic. Chris Paul's not expiring. We're not in a rush. I really don't think the Thunder care at this point. They're like, oh, they got to get off this $38.5 million this year. I don't think, I genuinely don't think the Thunder care about that right now. Yeah, it's it's not like there's any, uh, you know, reports leaking of discontent with Chris Paul. Like, honestly, yeah. everything we've seen seems like he's totally bought in. And he's probably under the idea, like, I just need to play as well as I can, and this will all get worked out. Mm-hmm. He's wearing um, Thunder shirts while working out. He is, while so, jumping over things. Right. <laughs> so I think he's okay. Uh, okay, before we move on to our next segment, I want to make sure you guys know about our end-of-era Thunder Trivia Night at Blue Garden. So it's at Blue Garden downtown. We've done ads for Blue Garden before. If you haven't been, it's a really, really cool outdoor venue. They're going to have food trucks there. They have a fire pit. They've got all sorts of stuff. But we're going to have our Thunder Trivia Night there. Get together a team of... Really, I don't want it more than four, but if you just want to have a, a couple people or three people, it doesn't that doesn't matter to me. No more than four on a team. Come and compete, and you have a chance to win some pretty big prizes from our sponsors. Uh, and it's just going to be a fun night. And wear the most ridiculous past Thunder Era stuff that you can. Uh, I'm probably going to wear a Kevin Durant MVP shirt that I would never wear in public ever again. Uh, but I'm going to wear that that night. Uh, so feel free to wear anything that you have that you have hanging in the back of your closet that you just know you'll never wear again. Wear it that night. It's going to be super fun. Uh, I know we have a, a group from Tulsa coming in and some groups in Oklahoma City. So come hang out, meet some other Thunder fans, and uh, join us. So it'll be be a really good time. Uh, okay, Alex, we haven't finished our over unders. <laughs> yes. Everyone's been waiting for the thrilling conclusion to our over-unders, which started back in February, and we are finally ready to wrap them up. We only have three teams left. You excited, Andrew? Woo! And we've been saving some good ones for last. So our first team is the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. 33-49 and 49 last year, 14th in the Western Conference they're over under this season 41 and a half. So they have to win uh, what is that? 9 games more than last year. Their key additions DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, Boban, key losses Trey Burke, Devin Harris. They they were one of those teams that made their huge deal back in February. Mhm. Um my question off the top Andrew, who is their third best player? So you have Luca and Chris Dapps. That's correct. It's probably Tim Hardaway Jr., right? Yeah. Like yeah, maybe DeLon Wright, depending on how he improves. Um I think that I think those are our options, right? I think those are. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh that gives me a little pause, at least when thinking about them. Up heads up against like some of like a team like Sacramento. Like I think Sacramento's so much deeper. Yeah. Um, may, maybe their top end talent. You know, maybe they don't have a duo as good as Kristaps and uh, Luca, but I just like their depth a lot more. Sure. And they and they also have players. They like they have a lot more options on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know all the guys that they brought in, Delon Wright, Seth Curry. Um, there was one other guard they have. Well, J.J. Beret is coming back. But they're just bringing in a lot of like 6'4 and under guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they don't have, I mean, their big wing, like Dorian Finney-Smith is their, is probably their biggest wing. Yeah, and then Luca. Um, yeah, Justin Jackson. I, I did not realize he was on this team 
for some reason, was he? Is he the guy that was on Sacramento? Yeah, he's a hair, part of the Harrison Barnes trade. Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out how he. I could have just clicked on his name, but obviously, I didn't care that much. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how he ended up on the Mavericks. Yeah. Um. Okay, Andrew. None, one, or both. Two scenarios for you. One, the Mavericks have a top half offense this year. Okay. So they were twentieth last year. Yeah. Scenario two, the Mavericks have a top half defense. They were 18th last year. Hmm. Uh, I would say it's more likely they have a better offense this year with Luka getting some experience. I think Seth Curry will help quite a bit with that. I think Chris Tapp's spacing will help quite a bit with that uh, as long as he's healthy. I, I don't. I don't know that I see the defense because I just don't know who defends on the wing for them or who defends at the point of attack. Like the only guy, like Dorian Finney-Smith, Courtney Lee, like I don't know if Devin Harris can move still. So uh, He might not be on the team. Oh, okay. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, DeLon Wright can defend. Um, I don't know. I think, I think that's going to be tough. So I'd... I'd probably lean toward offense, but I might lean toward neither. Yeah, they're definitely a weird team that because all of their role players all kind of fit the same mold, at least of how we talk about them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard for me to describe, but there's just something about like Delon Wright and Seth Curry and Maxi Kleba, like those guys just have a same feel to me. <laughs> Some reason <laughs> that you know that people think they're good, but you don't exactly know why because you haven't seen it. Yeah, and it feels like they're getting thrust into a bigger role this yeah. year. Yeah, because like Drelon Wright, I mean, he played a lot of he didn't play a ton of minutes when he was with the Raptors, and then he went to Memphis, and that's kind of where he blew up. Of course, Memphis was terrible, mm-hmm. and so is it a good stats, bad team type of thing? You know, Seth Curry, I feel like is going to get a lot more shine than he did in portland mm-hmm. and maxi kleba is my nba smart guy for the maps <laughs> he's such a smart guy in fact the the ultimate like uh evidence of this is on the dunked on free agents mock free agency uh-huh. when kevin pelton offered a crazy contract for maxi kleba huh. and was like very into him and it turned and the and the contract he ended up getting was like way below what Pelton offered. So that let me know, like, wow, smart guys are really high on Maxi Kleba. <laughs> I mean, he, he's 6'11". He shot 35% from three in his second season. So he definitely seems to make sense against uh, next to Chris Stapps. I mean, they could, if they play those guys together, that's 6'11 and 7'3 in your front line. That's something. I mean, if you have the chance to pay a guy that averaged six points and four rebounds... In 21 minutes, uh, you gotta get, look. You gotta look deeper, Andrew. You gotta get analytical. If you get a chance to overpay a guy like that, I think you have to. I think you have to. And the that the fact that he's 27 already. I mean, give me a okay. break. Give me so a that, break. That leads me into my uh, trivia for you. Where do you think the Mavericks roster ranks in terms of youngest roster in the league? So, if the the youngest mm. team they are they would rank first overall, the oldest team would rank 30th overall. Where do you think the Mavericks roster ranks? 24? 27. Whoa! That's old! Fourth oldest roster in the league, which is, I mean, on the one hand, it doesn't really matter because the two pieces that actually matter are super young. You know, Chris Tapps and Luca Mm -hmm. are both under 25. But yeah, all the guys they brought in, I mean, Seth Curry's 29, DeLon Wright is 27, Maxi Cleveland's 27. DeLon Wright's 27? Yeah, I'm, this is what I'm saying. I was I started going through it, and I was like, wow, this roster is a little bit older than I thought. Because thinking ahead, you know, they'll probably reach their full form when, let's say, Chris Stapps is like 26 or 27. So that's like two or three years. And maybe that's, you know, perfect for some of these guys, but it's not like they've surrounded them with a bunch of younger guys. DeLon Wright's with- been in the league for four years? I know. Surprised me too. Maxi Kleba is a 27-year-old third-year player. This makes so, no sense. This can't be real. That surprised me because 
some of the other teams, like the oldest teams, are like the uh, the Lakers. Uh, I think are number one, and yeah. the the Rockets. I think are up there. Uh, but I was not expecting the Mavs because we think of them as up and coming team. And on one hand, they are with their two young guys, but the rest of their roster is a little bit older. That blows my mind. I thought it would. I feel like <laughs> age is the, like the go-to uh, blow your mind fact. I just have to bring up some ages. I know. I was my, my mind was blown about uh, Abdul Nader's yeah age and Delon Wright. And then my other trivia question isn't a trivia question. It's just I never realized this, and I feel like an idiot. <laughs> Last night, I, f- I realized that Mavericks GM Donnie Nelson is Don Nelson's son. Mm-hmm. Why did I never realize that? You know how I found out? I was looking – because this is their first season without Dirk on the roster since 1998. Yeah. So I was just, I was just going back and looking at that roster, seeing what it looked like. Uh, and there were actually some guys on there. We had uh, uh, Kevin Ollie. Oh, yeah. That's our guy. Yeah. That is our guy. Um, we had uh, Michael Finley in his second year. Mm-hmm. We had Kurt Thomas of the famous Kurt Thomas trade. Yep. So so there were definitely some names there. But uh, what was surprising to me was I didn't realize Don Nelson, his dad, mm-hmm. was both the coach and GM. And that his son was the assistant GM. And that they had just been moving around the league with each other their whole careers. (laughs) I didn't know that. I did know that that was his son. I didn't know that they had a history of that. Yeah, because they were uh, at Golden State together, too. The son was a scout. But I felt like an idiot because for my entire life, I've always heard Donnie Nelson. And I was like, wow, that's really close to Don Nelson. That must be really confusing for those guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I thought they were just totally two separate people, no relation to each other. Oh, Dennis Scott was on that team? 3D? Oh, oh yeah, 3D. Uh, AC Green, Cedric Sabalos? Oh, wow. Sean Bradley? That's a very famous team. Yeah. And that was a team that got them uh, Dirk. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's uh, Dallas. So, 33 wins Andrew, last year, and over under this year's 41 and a half. Are you going over or under? So you would have to bet them to be 500 if you go over. I'm, I guess I'm betting the under just because I just need to see Porzingis be healthy for a season before I feel comfortable saying that they could be 500 or better in the Western Conference. Like the Western Conference is so brutal, man. Like I just don't know how... A team like this, and you're counting on like the leader of your team in Luca is, is in his second year, and maybe he blows up. I don't. I don't have doubts that he could, but like you're playing these teams like three and four times: Denver, Golden State, Houston, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Pelicans are going to be tough. The Thunder at the, to start the season will be tough. Portland, Sacramento, San Antonio, Utah. Like I don't know how you get through that and win half your games. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't know how. I think I'm going under as well. Um, I, I mean, I think they'll be in the high 30s or, or even win like 40 games. Sure. Um, but I, if you go with the over, you're almost saying like these are a definite playoff contender. Like they're going to be like the ninth seed at minimum. And I just like a few of those other teams a little bit more. Like I'm, I'm a little bit more intrigued by the Pelicans right now. I'm a little bit more intrigued by the Kings. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think there's and, no and question. Those are the type of teams that are going to be in that tier. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of have to go the under if I feel that way. All right, you ready to move on to the Phoenix Suns? Yes. Phoenix Suns, 19-63 and 63 last year, 15th in the Western Conference. They're over under this season, 29 and a half. Which, if I remember correctly, their over under last year was also like much higher than what they won last season. Mm-hmm. So they would have to win 11 more games to hit the over. Their key additions, Ricky Rubio, Frank Kaminsky, Cam Johnson, Ty Jerome, and Dario Saric. Key losses, Dragan Bender, Josh Jackson, DeAnthony Melton, and TJ Warren. They, uh... So I, I'm going to bring up the none one or both first. Okay. Because one of these scenarios I want to talk about. So the first scenario... Monty Williams is the head coach next season. Mm-hmm. 
Why do I ask that? Well, he's their fifth coach in the last five years. <laughs> They've had Jeff Hornacek, Earl Watson, Jay Triano, and Coach Igor. Yep. And uh, the one who lasted the longest of those was Earl Watson. <laughs> he, he, was, he was fired after three games, which I had forgotten. So dumb. I don't understand why teams do that. <laughs> they just really needed to see those last three games. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but the other scenario, DeAndre Ayton. Plays at least 40% of his minutes at power forward. Now, why wow. do I ask that, Andrew? Well, James Jones in recent days has come out and said that DeAndre Ayton might play some power forward this season. And then they asked DeAndre uh. Ayton about it two days ago, and he said that power forward is his, quote, born and raised position. And then this uh. is from uh, Jonathan Gavoni. So this is back his his original report on DeAndre Ayton, like before he was drafted. Okay. I thought this was really interesting. It says, this takes us back to the pre-draft days and confirms reports from ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni in mid-February of 2018 that Ayton sees himself as more of a power forward. Back then, already telling us he was six foot ten, Ayton describes his position as center, though he would be one of that would be one of the last instances in which he would willingly portray himself as such. Later in his high school career, he became infatuated with the idea of being a power forward, which has continued to this day, despite the fact that modern basketball has gone in the opposite direction. The fact that he's listed as a forward by Arizona and is starting and playing heavy minutes alongside another seven-footer, Dusan Ristic, is not an accident. It's entirely by his own design. Mm -hmm. And then you go back and think about uh, all the stuff that came out, how he was paid like $100,000 to play at Arizona. Yeah. And you're like, wow, it's probably true that he, like, as part of that, was like, I want to play power forward. And he did. That's It made watching him, like, the college footage of him so brutal because you have these two massive dudes playing in right. the middle. And, and then the court's already shrunk. It was brutal. It was brutal. And then you look at, you look at who they brought in. This summer, Aaron Baines yeah. played 100% of his minutes last year at center. And Frank Kaminsky also played 100% of his minutes last year at center. Mm-hmm. So even if those guys combined, like let's let's say Aiton plays 35 minutes per game, 40% of his minutes at power forward would only be 14 minutes per game with one or both or one of Baines or Kaminsky. So I'm not – saying this is going to happen for sure, but I just thought this was interesting. I mean, on the other hand, they do have some stretch options, like Cam Johnson and Dario Saric yeah. are two stretch options that they probably that make a lot more sense next to Aiton at the center, but yeah. everything that's come out in recent days suggests they're at least going to try him at power forward. Uh, I, was, I would say that he won't play that many minutes at power forward. I think he'll play some. Like he's pretty fluid, uh, and he's not. I mean, he's big. Like he's big. He's seven one, two hundred fifty pounds. Like he's a big dude. Um, but he can. Sh- he's got a good shot, and he's and if he's worked on it, and he can stretch a little bit more, I think it will probably happen. Um, I don't think it should happen, but I think that's a possibility because he's a really, really gifted offensive player. I mean, extremely gifted. And, you know, you just wonder, like, there's a lot of these guys that say, like Anthony Davis, who's a different body type than Aiden, but he's like, yeah, I don't want to play center. And that's what's led to a lot of the problems that even New Orleans had with building a team around him, is that you have to start with who plays the who plays in the big position. Well, like, that's why they paid Omer Osik, like so that he could play next to him. Um, right. And so, man, I, I, I think that they'll play Baines next to him some. But, like, Kaminsky, like, if you play Kaminsky and Aiton together, I think you'd say Aiton was the center, you know. Um, I think Sharch is going to play a lot. Um, and so he's definitely a forward. And then I right. think you have to play Cam Johnson. I mean, he's another guy. He's got a 1996 birthday. Like he's he's older, I just don't think that. To me, I think that there's they have enough power forwards that need minutes. Like I think you you pick Cam in the top ten, you got to play him. You got to play him. 
you trade yeah. for Sharich, you got to play him. I don't. I mean, I think that you play Baines. He's a backup. Uh, I think um, there's really no guaranteed minutes for Kaminsky. You know, so to me, it's. I think you'll play that position some, but I think they've got enough guys that they've invested in um, to play next to Aiden at center. So, but is that's an interesting idea that a guy that's seven one, two hundred fifty pounds, says that he'd like to play power forward uh, yeah. in two thousand nineteen. Uh, so my trivia is more of a did you know, and it's did you know that Dario Saric has been part of five historic NBA trades. Hmm. So, off the top of your head, you probably remember last year's draft. It was the head-scratcher of the night when Phoenix traded the sixth pick, Jarrett Culver, mm-hmm. for Dario Saric and the 11th pick, and then they took Cam Johnson. We all remember that one. We all remember that he was involved in the Jimmy Butler trade, mm-hmm. of course, when Jimmy Butler went from Minnesota to Philly. You might even remember the draft night trade when Dario Saric was originally picked, one of Sam Hinkie's finest moments. He, when he took Alfred Payton with the 10th pick, even though they had MCW, and he did that because he knew Orlando was desperate for a point guard yeah. and had apparently put all their eggs in the Alfred Payton basket. <laughs> so much so that they were willing to trade the 12th pick, which became Dario, a second that year, and a future first, which became Landry Shamet, mm-hmm. and who ended up being key in them getting Tobias Harris. But what I didn't realize was that the pick that became Dario Saric originally started with the New York Knicks. He was actually traded by the Knicks in the Carmelo Anthony trade to Denver a long time ago. Hmm. And then Denver traded that same pick to the Orlando Magic in the famous Andrew Bynum-Dwight Howard trade. <laughs> so he, he, he was a very famous When they traded Iguodala, the yeah, in the three-team trade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Dario, he's just had a long and winding road, you know? Wow. And and now he's about to be uh, – he's in the last year of his contract. And I don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah, he, he was actually my he's, – he's not my smart guy. He's my anti-smart guy because I feel like he was a smart guy for a long time, but the tides have turned on Dario. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear smart NBA people talking about Dario now, they always are poo-pooing him. <laughs> they don't like him anymore. <laughs> They're, they're like, he's like the classic, like, uh, people like him more than they should guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's good. I, I like him, too. I've always been a Dario fan. Super Dario. When he was on Philly, I mean, his rookie season, remember, that was when uh, Joel Embiid was hurt, and people were wondering, oh, should it really count? He only played 31 games, and Malcolm Brogdon was the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that season, like, Dario went on a run. And was really good for like a two-month stretch. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what got everyone excited about him. And then he wasn't good in Minnesota, which was kind of confusing because he does seem like he would fit with Carl Anthony Towns, and it just never worked out. Yeah. We'll see what happens in Phoenix. I, I don't exactly think of Phoenix as the place where young players blossom. but <laughs> I wonder why you don't think that. <laughs> I mean... He averaged 10 points, five boards on 38% from three and next to Towns. Yeah, but all the reports are that he was just like really bad defensively. And yeah. he was like not the – I mean, I think they traded for him as an asset yeah. um, because of his potential fit with Towns and the fact that they gave up after one season. Now, it might have just been that that deal was so good. They were like, well, we don't want to play Dario, and we can move up five spots. This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're putting a lot on Culver because, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, li- I like Culver, but it's still it's a risk trading, yeah. trading a pick and a guy that you know can play. That's like It's for sure that Sar- that Sharch is an NBA rotation player. Um. Who's who's? Uh, are there any other NBA smart guys on this team that you thought about? Nope. <laughs> I, I I scanned this roster. It's like, is there anyone people want me to be excited about? Like Mikael Bridges, I feel like I don't even ever hear about him. Yeah, he's kind of an NBA smart guy. Um, he's also an older rookie. Um, Elia Kobo. I haven't heard qu- quite as much about him lately. Yeah, because he was an NBA smart guy going into last year. I felt like. He was, and then he's just kind of no one's. I mean, no one really talks about the Suns, to be 
perfectly. Is it Ty Jerome? Nope. 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 No. Okay. <laughs> I like Ty Jerome. I don't know. Okay. Never mind. I was trying too hard. Uh, man, but uh, I was looking. At, I, I didn't realize Devin Booker averaged over six assists last year. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to see how the Rubio Booker pairing works. Uh, he's probably yeah. the best defensive point guard he's played with. Yeah, I don't think it's close. It's the best. He's probably he's the best point guard he's played with, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, just overall, he's the best passer he's ever played with. Yeah, I mean Rubio, I I don't love the Rubio contract. I don't think it's good. I don't think that was a good thing. But and I don't think their offseason was good. I think it was very confusing. I think the moves they made were not smart moves, but. You can kind of see with the roster they have now that like they're trying to form kind of a culture with this team. And they got rid of some guys that were kind of not that were not good for their locker room. Uh they brought in a coach that has really good character. Um and I think that they're trying to do right by this team and by Devin Booker by bringing in guys like Ricky Rubio, um who's really been nothing but a great person as a part of the NBA. So I think they're trying. Uh, I think that they tried in a way that is not particularly smart. Uh, but I think they're trying. And it's it's kind of sad to watch them try. But you can see what they want to do. I was reading some Suns blogs last night. And I, I guess everyone was just like, why didn't you just take Kobe White? Like, just, Sure. Like, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. And they were actually moving money to get enough so that they could give Ricky Rubio when they could have just taken a young point guard and and run it out. Although I guess, you know, if your son's ownership, they've now been out of the playoffs. This is going to be their 10th year. Wow. In a row without playoffs. Yep. They have no chance. They don't. They have no chance. I mean, going back to their over under 29 and a half. So you have to pick them to win 11 more games than last year. Actually, 12 more games. No, 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 11 more games Yeah. Uh, than last year. I, sti- I think I still go under. Yeah, yeah, I think they're under. They're, you're in the West. You can't they're, – they're not going to beat hardly anybody in the West. They can beat up on some teams in the East. Like, they're, they're going to be improved. Like, they're going to be an improved team. That would be the case. They're not going to win 30 games, though. Yeah, they're putting they're putting a lot on the two veterans they brought in, Rubio and Saric. Yeah, if they win twenty six games, that's a step forward, I guess. And uh, it's the return to the bench for Monty Williams, former Thunderman. Just an incredible person. I mean, an absolutely incredible person. I mean, he, the and, the tragedy that he went through here in Oklahoma City, and then watching the way that he handled that was even a flashpoint for myself just like i can't like i cannot imagine handling it the way that he did um, yeah it was really amazing like it was really really amazing to see how he handled that and i hate that it didn't work out for him with okc i hate that i mean the the tragedy that happened was devastating but it's really good to see him back on the bench i think that he can make an impact on an organization you just wonder with robert sarver though like how big of an impact can you really make? Like he's the crux of all of this. You know, he's the reason why this has been a failure for so long. Right. Yeah, there. I, I feel. I feel for their fans because yeah, they obviously have stuff to be excited about. I mean, you know, looking back over Aiton's rookie season, it is kind of amazing. And this is what Suns fans were arguing: how little buzz he got for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. The dude averaged 16 and 10, shooting 58% from the field. Which in he, a normal year, probably wins you rookie of the year. No doubt. He is really, really good. He is going to be one of the best offensive big men in, in the NBA. And there's just no doubt about that in my mind. He had a 20 PER as a rookie. Like he's, yeah. he's really good. I mean, he is really, really skilled. Like He can shoot it from the free throw line. He's 74% from the free throw line. He's good, and he's going to shoot threes at some point, too. Like, I don't have any doubt about that in my mind. Um, all right. Are you ready for the finale? Yes. The grand finale. Everyone's been waiting. 
the Oklahoma City Thunder. Heard of them? <laughs> they were 49 and 33 last year, sixth in the Western Conference. Remember those days? Man, so I have not been, uh, you, you know me, when all this news happened this summer, I was actually like pretty excited, you know? I was feeling pretty good and wasn't that nostalgic about the last two seasons. Oh, oh, I know. I was ready to move on until yesterday. The first, <laughs> the yesterday. first, the, the, the first picture that actually got me that I was like, "Oh man, that was a good time." Was the the image from after the Brooklyn game? Which remember the Brooklyn game was great. Oh yeah, that was when Paul George hit the three to win it, yep. and then uh, uh, Russ PG. Felton and maybe Jeremy Grant all went to like a wrestling thing or MMA. I forget what it was, mm-hmm. but they were all pictured on the on the sideline, and then underneath it, it said what their current record was, which was insane, and they were third in the Western Conference. And I was like, oh yeah, that was a that was really fun. <laughs> that, if I could just go back to that particular moment in time, I was feeling pretty good about the future of the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the season, I mean, not the very beginning when they lost four in a row. It was like, what is happening? Like, the sky's falling. Um, but then after that, like, they went on a run. They won seven games in a row. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, this team's pretty good. And then they won just a vast majority of their games up until January 4th. And then they had this three-game losing streak against Washington, Minnesota, and the Spurs, and it was like, uh, okay, what's what's wrong with this team? Like, how are they losing? Like, they lost to Atlanta, they lost to the Lakers, and then they kind of picked it up before the All-Star break and felt like they were normal again. And then after the All-Star break, man, they were so bad. They were so yeah. bad. Remember they barely beat Utah in, like, was it triple overtime? The Abdul-Nader game? Yeah, yeah. And then they went on to lose to Sacramento, Denver, and then Philly, and then they lost four in a row. They had they lost to San Antonio, and then they only won in that in the next like month. They only won two consecutive games once, and they mm. had a four game losing streak in there. They lose in between games, and then I remember they lost. Remember that loss to Dallas at the end of the season. That put them at like forty four. They put them at forty four and thirty three. They lost by three to the Mavericks. Yeah, and it it felt like they're gonna get the eighth seed, and they're gonna play Golden State, and Golden State is gonna crush them. And then they went on to beat the Lakers. They beat Detroit. They beat Minnesota. They beat Houston by one in that crazy, crazy game where Paul George hits that three at home. Uh, and then they beat Milwaukee, who didn't play anybody, and then got that. And then we had our dream scenario. I mean, it, <laughs> which was actually our biggest nightmare, where Dame ends up waving goodbye to us and our yeah. and our team. It was a wild season because it really did feel like right before the All Star break, like the Thunder could go to the West Finals, like they could do yeah. that. And really, it was Paul George's injury against Denver that really did them in. So that's a recap of the season for you. Uh, over under this year, Andrew, some things changed this summer. Over under is now 31 and a half. Their key additions, Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Chris Paul, Darius Baisley, Mike Muscala, Lou Gensdort, and Justin Patton. <laughs> key losses, a full lineup. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Raymond Felton, Markeith Morris, and Patrick Patterson. God, that hurts to hear. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting I'm getting into Darius Baisley. I think he might be uh, <laughs> genuinely funny. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're liking his Instagram? Yeah, I saw the one yesterday. How do you like your women? And he said, large and in charge. <laughs> I liked that answer. That's a good answer. I, I like his cooking thing. I know. I'm just it he's I mean you think about all the guys who come into this league that don't really have any personality. Like yeah. you just don't you don't really hear about them, and that's fine. They're fine. They're allowed to just be normal human beings. But I just like that Darius totally seems like a twenty year old or whatever he is. Yeah. 
And he is very open about sharing that with us all. Yeah. But he, he's a very innocent 20 years old. Yes. Extremely. I mean, <laughs> it's it's amazing that this guy is on an NBA roster when you watch his <laughs> his stuff on Instagram. Like, is this guy oh, ready this, for this? The stuff about uh, how he was finally ready to have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is, what, is he like 14? No. Who is this guy? <laughs> Is this our fourteen-year-old friend? Where you're like, could you see him at first? You're like, come on, dude, like get it together. Uh, yeah, he's, he's it's like, dude, but, you're a millionaire now. Like, stop this. I'm into it though. I'm into it. He's very entertaining. He is. He's um, he is extremely innocent and just he just is absolutely carefree. I mean, and I I, I can't imagine what the change is like going from high school to then being on a NBA roster with like a professional organization. <laughs> I mean, it, it yeah. must just be crazy. I mean, think about Chris Paul being on this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. know? I, I know. Like old man, Chris Paul is on this team. Yeah. Just like all that experience and how serious Chris Paul takes everything. Yeah, and then throw in our our chef Darius Baisley in there. I know he's just trying to cook ground beef from the ground, man. Just he's he's just such but a I like weird it. guy. I'm into it. Uh, <laughs> now, now my none one or both. You know, we've talked about so many different things about the Thunder. I didn't want to give you just another Thunder question. So my none one or both is about tribute videos. Oh, okay. So first first scenario tribute we all assume they're going to do something for westbrook it'll be very nice it'll be a big to do mm-hmm. but tribute video for jeremy grant tribute video for paul george none one or both um i feel like it might be none really even jeremy because i just don't know that they don't like to do tribute videos did they have they done any in recent years? Like, I mean, did they do one for Ennis? I don't think they did. They did something. I remember him waving. Yeah, I think they're like, welcome back, Ennis Cantor. You know, maybe they did. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't pay attention to tribute videos while I'm at the arena if they're happening. So I don't remember. Maybe they are. Maybe they did happen. Um,. I don't know, man. Maybe both. Maybe maybe I'll say both. <laughs> maybe I'll just go, but a flip flop. I honestly just have no clue. I have no feel for that. I have Good. no feel that's for why it I, whatsoever. That's why I asked it. It's such a challenging question. I know. I have no feel for that whatsoever. I don't know how they are going to do this moving forward because, like, they've set this weird precedent where, like, they didn't do it for Kevin. You know, and that's true. Then, like, do you, I? They they put themselves in a weird spot. And they and really Kevin put them in a weird spot because like you can't you can't give that the guy that everybody's showing up to boo a tribute video, you know. So so maybe they should retire Jeremy Grant's jersey is what you're saying. <laughs> he comes back. I think he'll get a round of applause. I think that they'll introduce him over the loudspeaker and everything for sure. And like welcome back. I think when they introduce him to the starting lineup, everybody will cheer for him. There's no question. I don't even know if he starts actually, but. I think that people will cheer for Jeremy and for Paul. Like, I really do. I think that most people will cheer for Paul um, and for Jeremy. So, But I don't um, know about I, tribute videos. I think we can both agree the smart guys, SGA. Oh, it's... All the smarties love him. Dude, it's... You've got to be really smart to know how good this guy is. I mean, how how high... I know you've read a few of these, like 25 under 25 or Sam Vecini's. Where did he have SGA ranked? 19. It's pretty good. Pretty That's good. pretty good. It's pretty good. Because there's a lot of really young, good young players in this league. Who's a who's a deep cut uh, smart guy? Or is there one? Um, I th- I, You know who it probably still is? It's uh, Andre Robertson. Okay. Like people who value... Andre Robertson's defense. Yeah. Cuz I I feel like that's that really only exists in the <laughs> Oklahoma City metropolitan area. <laughs> but there's a few people who really do recognize it. Like I feel like Matt Moore, yeah, you know, really believes in Robertson. Mhm. Um 
I don't think there's a lot of dort heads out there. <laughs> Is Diallo one? I'm trying to remember who it was. There was somebody last year that was really on the Hamadou Diallo train. Really? Um, yeah. Some national guy. I was like, Hamadou Diallo just does stuff, and he's effective. Um, um, maybe Steven Adams? Yeah. I know it's a bigger name, but... Uh, but yeah, looking at the rest of this, uh, we don't have a lot of smart guys, do we? Uh, is Terrence Ferguson becoming like an underrated? No, nope. Um, nope. No one talks about him. No. Maybe Gallinari? Is he too, is he too mainstream? He's too mainstream. I mean, believing that Chris Paul is still good is a smart guy take, and that's why we're so smart. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because... Because a lot of people only think about him as his contract. And I'm telling you, this guy's going to come out. It's going to be so good, Andrew. <laughs> get ready. He's going to be really good. I think he will be. I think the Thunder's schedule is not favorable, which makes it difficult. But He's going he's gonna to pull his hammy on opening night. I don't know where he's going to be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get to see SGA. Okay, so like, we're, he can't be that miserable if that happens. That is true. Now, my trivia question for you, Andrew, this is a tough one, okay? So I need you to focus. I'm going to ask you to name, this is how we'll end the pod, I'm going to ask you to name some Thunder players, okay? So already start thinking about Thunder players. Now, the Thunder are entering their second major rebuild since moving to Oklahoma City. And, Andrew, you're about to have the Down to Dunk trivia night where you ask fans difficult questionings, calling their fandom into question. So now's my chance to make a fool out of you. Okay. And reveal, and reveal you as a Thunder bandwagon fan. Oh, no. So, specifically, Andrew, I want you to name as many of the 20 players that played for the Thunder in their inaugural season in OKC. And you must name 14 to be considered a true Thunder fan. Can you do it? Okay. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, um, Johan Petro. Earl, Wat- Earl Watson, Robert Swift, uh, Desmond Mason, mm, mm. Uh, Damian Wilkins. Um, oh boy, I'm slowing down now. Oh, Andrew. Uh, Jeff Green. Oh, okay. Uh, Back on track. Back on track. <laughs> Eton Thomas. Mm. Was he? Was he one of them? He was not. Okay, second year. Um, oh, Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> Hold on just one second. My child is walking in again. Oh, Andrew's kind of trying to... Uh, I'm coming up to, with excuses right now. <laughs> yes. He's trying to distract you. <laughs> yeah. The fact that his, his brand is crumbling right before our eyes. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard to remember things. There's a few that you're going to be so embarrassed by. People are screaming at their televisions right now because they they record our podcast on tape and then play them <laughs> through their televisions. They're watching it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, give me just a second. I just need to. I need to refocus here. <laughs> Excuses, excuses. People out there saying they're just listing them off one by one, saying, "Ah, I remember the the first year, such a good year." Oh, Nanad! Oh. They acquired Nanad. They did acquire Nanad. Oh, Nick Collison! What am I even yeah, thinking? Okay. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm, okay. I'm glad you got that. That would have been embarrassing for you. Um, you've named ten, Andrew. Okay, name ten. Kyle Weaver. Yeah. Oh, did you know that he was the sixth most played in minutes that season? <laughs> that can't played be true. That can't be true. I liked Kyle Weaver. I liked him. I yeah. thought he was pretty good. Wow, you only need three more, Andrew. Um, I know you can do this. Three more. You think about all the players that played for the Thunder, some of those classic young players that we got excited about. Tabo was Tabo. Tabo did play. We traded for him mid-season. Okay, Andrew, you only need two more. Oh. Now, if you th- if, tell me if you need a hint. I'll give you a hint if you need it. Um, two more, Andrew. Oh, oh. 
Was Cr Sine on that team? Yes! Oh, he's got he got Sine. <laughs> wow! I re- so I I remember listening to the radio because on the radio broadcast they talked about how he could stand and grab the rim without jumping. Yes, and that's a big skill in the NBA. <laughs> that's a big skill in the NBA. Yes, Andrew, um, you only need one more. Did I say Robert Swift already? You unfortunately did. Okay. Well, I that, I will tell you of all these names, Sine is the second hardest because there's one other guy who only played one game. But there are some names in here that you definitely know. Okay. You just got to think about that first season. That first season, the type of players that they had, they were moving from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course, of course. Was Sean Livingston on that first team? Yes, and oh. he's done it. Andrew has named 14 <sighs> Thunder players. On Dude, I'm so, I am sweating right now. <laughs> Who did I miss? Now, so, so the hint I was going to give you is try to think back of some of the famous Thunder what-ifs. Oh, oh, like the, oh, the, the, my, the, my number one Thunder what if? The yeah. Tyson Chandler trade? And who was in that trade? Chris Wilcox and Joe Smith. And, that is right. Those um, are two of Yeah, and then the draft rights to Devon Harden. So those, those are the two that I thought you had a chance at. The other guys, Malik Rose, Chucky Atkins, uh, DJ White. Oh, DJ White. Oh, DJ White. Yeah, he's probably the only one you had a shot at. And then the, yeah. the hardest one was Stephen Hill, the precursor to Stephen Adams. Oh, yeah. Stephen Hill. Oh, but, yeah, Serge was not on the roster. Oh, he wasn't. Oh. Eton Thomas was also not on the roster. But you did get 14, Andrew. So you're allowed to continue hosting the pod. We don't have to end the podcast. But that was. I'm glad I picked 14. I feel like that was the perfect number. To make it really challenging. Uh, Stephen Hill, uh, the guy that was on Law and Order? Yes. Yep. That's, who, <laughs> that's what I see when I see Stephen Hill. I you have to go down. Big center from Texas something. He's, you have to go all the way down to the seventh Google search for Stephen Hill that says Stephen Hill basketball. <laughs> oh, he played at Arkansas. But yeah, he was a seven-footer. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to look at a picture of him. Oh, yeah, I remember Stephen Hill. He was not good. He averaged not, almost 10 and 7 for the for the blue and 2.8 blocks. Wow. Oh, but uh, the, the reason he... So he got called up. It was probably the greatest day of his life. And then a week later... He, he, so he got to play one game. And a week <laughs> later, they made the Nanad trade and, and they waived him. Okay. Poor guy. Poor Steve. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations, Andrew. Dude, I'm going to have to change my shirt. Like, I'm actually sweating. I'm very nervous about that. Oh, wait. Now we have to do the over-under. Okay. (laughs) Before we go, the over-under, Andrew. 31 and a half for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do you go over? Do you go under? Oh, boy. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. Um, Just because I'm not totally convinced that Chris Paul that they'll find a destination for Chris Paul quickly. I think I would agree. I think I would go over and I would put peg it at like 33. If you look at last year's Western Conference standings, there were a ton of teams like Memphis and Dallas who were all in that like 33 range. Yeah. And uh that seems about right for this Oklahoma City team like we talked we talked about earlier. Oklahoma City doesn't necessarily need to be in any rush to trade Chris Paul. Um, now, the downside of that is the longer they wait, the more games they probably win. So we're kind of trying to balance that. Right. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that they're pretty good up front, like maybe a little bit over 500 or even just at or under 500. And then midway through the year, we can actually start tanking a little bit. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think that's what will happen. You know, there's a small chance that, like, I mean, the Mellow trade happened September 25th that was finalized, which is today. Yeah. You know? So, like, there's, it's not unprecedented for something to be done. And then, like, that completely changes everything. Like, I would hammer the under if they could make a deal with Miami in, like, the next few days. Um, but I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think 
that he and Gallo and Steven and I think Ferguson is underrated. I think SGA is going to be really good in his second year. Um, I think Noel is a, an NBA rotation player. Like they've got enough NBA rotation players, you know, yeah, to make you think like this is not going to be a bad team. Like Mascala is not a great player, but he has played everywhere that he's gone. You know, he doesn't sit on the bench the whole time. Like he's he comes off the bench and he plays. And so like he's he's going to play and he's going to shoot it. He'll probably shoot it pretty well. I think I mean there's Schroeder is a good player. Like you for, like people forget about him. I forget about him all the time that he's on the roster, but he's a good player. And if if you get anything out of Andre, like if if you could tell me right now like Andre is close to what he was. They're going to they would 38 39 games. Like that's possible. <laughs> like Andre's really good. If you have Andre and Steven, like you have the baseline for like a top 12 NBA defense, you know, if both those guys play a lot. And then you add Chris Paul to that, who's a good defender, you know. But to me, like, the Thunder defense hinges on Andre being good. Because then, like, you – I think Ferguson's a good defender. I don't think he's a guy that can carry your defense. I don't know that Chris Paul can really do that for an entire season. Um, so I think there's just a lot of variables there. But I would, I would bet the over – and probably slightly with this team with not knowing a lot about Andre. Um, but if Andre, you know, first day of training camp's like, yeah, I'm back. Um, then I think two things. I think one, I think that makes the thunder a lot better Two, I think that he becomes a really interesting trade candidate for the team. Yeah. Do you, uh, remind the people and myself, when is media day? It's Monday. So Ooh, Monday, the 30th. Monday at twelve thirty, I'll be there. I'll be uh, on Periscope, so be sure that you're following me at Andrew K. Schlecht. I'll have everything on Periscope uh, that I can. Um, it's going to be a weird media day, man. I wonder it, the the hater inside of me wonders like h- how the vibe will be different throughout the team, you know, without Russell there, because like Russell's vibe is strong you know, and permeates throughout the organization, throughout the team. And I'm just really interested to see what the feel is like going into it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of attention on Shea. I really, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but in terms of power rankings for the future down-to-dunk intro, yeah, I got I to gotta say Darius Baisley has shot up my <laughs> rankings. We got to, you got to send me some stuff that you think that would be really funny for him to say. I just... He, I also, now that I've seen his stuff, I think he'd be very willing to do it. I just don't think there's anybody that won't be willing to do it that's on the roster right now. That's I mean, true. I mean... Like, Sam the, Presti? Sam. The only... I mean, the conversation with Paul, like, you walk up to Paul, I said, hey, Paul, this is... I'm doing this podcast. If you could give me, like, a five-second soundbite, that'd be great. He says, yep, he does it. The end. You know? I mean, it's... A relatively simple process so um yeah i just i just wonder you know what i I wonder what it's going to be like i think it's going to be pretty interesting well that'll be exciting so you'll be streaming the whole day i'm going to stream as much of the interviews that i can yeah cool oh boy that's exciting so we're gonna have the first podcast to talk about it yeah we will on wednesday yeah yeah can't wait awesome. to watch a lot of interviews <laughs> from a prep. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. All right, we made it, Andrew. Season's here. We're here. Go check out the low post. Yeah, the low post. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I'm excited to get well, back into it. Thunder were not named. They were not one of the most. Oh, they're not. Teams. I thought. I think they're. Uh, maybe they're Spoiler. not. Spoiler. Oh man, I'm. I'm glad I know it though, because I was thinking like, ah, oh, they're, they're kind of confusing. I know. You really just want to hear smart people talk about your team. I do. Everybody does. Everybody wants that. Yeah. Um, okay, follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. That would be a really nice gift to us to begin the season. Uh, we work really hard to make sure that you guys get quality content three times a week, every week. Uh, and that's just an easy way to you know pay us back a little bit um, is to give us that five-star review. Uh, we'd very much appreciate that. 
Join us October 10th at Blue Garden. Get your trivia team ready uh, to win all, some pretty big prizes. Um, and there's no entry fee. It's just going to be for fun. So come join us. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. And then Media Day is here. So we'll talk to you guys then. <laughs>